What's up, everybody? Welcome into Pace the Nation. Broadcasting back here at Studio 1A in downtown Arlington, Virginia. We are in the heart of all things, the heart of the universe. I miss this heart of the universe. That's, of course, Clarendon. I'm your host, Chris Farley, back again for episode 246. Alongside me, in person, in the flesh, in the studio, back again after a couple of weeks off. One of our co-hosts of the show is Julie Cully. Julie, what's up? Hey, happy to be back. Mm -hmm. uh, I think the last episode I was on, I, you and I were so negative. Mm-hmm that I needed to take a break from my own <laughs> negativity. Just kidding. No, uh, no, but, no. But, but yeah, it was, uh, I'm excited to be back and, and refreshed and positive and. Well, the, the, I'm glad to hear that. We'll see if that holds true. holds true for the rest of the episode. Give me a minute or two. <laughs> the, uh, the, the, the fans of Pace Nation have been reaching out and they've missed you. Uh, they needed somebody to balance Docs and I. Mm. I think, it, you know, I'm not sure whether it's like that uh, we we bicker like an old married couple. Not you and I, of course. I'm talking about docs. Oh, docs. I was trying to figure out who you were talking <laughs> yeah. about. Uh, but we bicker like an old married couple. But I think it's just a lot of UVA talk that people were tired of. Yeah, I mean, jeez, so. <laughs> tone it down. Uh, yeah, so Georgetown backs back in the mix. Uh, oh, poor docs. <laughs> we are uh, excited to have you back, but unfortunately not excited that docs is on a one-week hiatus. Maybe it's Docs and I that are bickering. <laughs> we just can't be on the show together right no, now. No, no, no. Let's not any start. Let's not start. Start any, any rumors? Nasty rumors. No. Uh, so great to have you back. A lot to get into with you. Um, with uh, I, you know, from the top of the show, I said, you know, I, I threw in that that subtle. Uh, wow, do I miss uh, the center of the universe? Well, we're recording from the center of the universe. We still. are, yeah. yeah, yeah. We are recording from the center of the universe, but you and I have uh, moved uh, from the center of the universe, and we'll get into that in just a minute. Uh, also, on today's program, uh, we've got a, a big show and a big guest. Uh, Brian Gotze is going to join us. Now, you're going to say, "Who's Brian Gotze?" Well, you know, we've talked about bits on this show during the pandemic. Another bit. Here we go. <laughs> this, is bit an central. this is an impressive bit, though. We've talked about a lot of bits. And to remind our audience what kind of bits we've talked about over the last few weeks here. Are we going to do voting on this bit, too? <laughs> no, well, I don't we, know if I can vote without we, docs here. We could vote to see whether this was a good bit or bad bit. But uh, the bits that we've, we've talked about, mm -hmm. uh, basketball dribbling a mile. Mm -hmm. for a mile world record i mean slowest that, mile slowest ever. mile yep slowest mile ever uh by uh with by an elite or not by elite i don't know what the criteria was i don't know if we decided the running every street in washington dc was that a bit <laughs> or was that like an actual real accomplishment that was you know he was a guest on the show so of course we're going to give kudos to that uh, we'll also give kudos to the blue jean blue uh blue jean mile yeah, that so was a good bit. That was a good bit, yep. So Good accomplishment, I too. I think the criteria is if you're on the show and you do a bit, it's a good bit. So, oh. So Brian, Brian's bit uh, is a good bit. Okay. So Brian is a former world record. I think his world record has been taken. He's a former world record, I believe, in the 5K and in the 2K or 2, two mile uh, in backwards running. Mm. So running backwards. I didn't know there was a, I mean, I've been in the sport for a really long time. I did not know there was a sport of backwards running. Yeah. See, 
Yeah. Do well, we make shoes for that? No. I, well, we'll ask him. That's a good question for Brian. He's going to join us. He's in Baltimore. Uh, he'll be uh, joining us on the Random Row Hotline today. So happy to have Brian on the program. Also on today's show, uh, we've got a couple of things to dive into that are running related. Uh, we always seem to talk about races and the status of races. Major marathons are making decisions, and we're going to talk a little bit about that. Uh, uh, speaking of status and what's going on in running, D1 Sports uh, that uh, you are uh, involved with professionally has made some decisions, maybe a final decision. I'm not sure where they are, but maybe you can give us some insight in that later on the program. Uh, also, there's a new running club that's uh, that's popped up that we are going to discuss on today's show. Uh, but before we get to Brian in the backwards running, um, you and I uh, made a move, and that's really the reason why you haven't been. I think it's the reason why you haven't been on the show in the past Something like week, that. Weeks. Uh, we moved from Clarendon uh, to... Do we even know the name of our neighborhood? You know what? It's like I, if it's outside Clarendon, yeah. I don't really know. Yeah. Does it have a name? It's it's over in what I'll call, and you can follow me on Strava uh, at Run Pacer. Uh, it's West Arlington is where um, the actually Strava says we are. You know, I never really thought about the fact that you're advertising where we live every time you go for a run. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Like if somebody wanted you? to knock on our door... Yeah. It'd be pretty easy to do that. It kind of scares me. And and it's funny that... Not I'm, that we have fans, but I'm just saying... Well, we do have... Maybe we have haters. We have I don't know. We have fans. Um, there have been people who reached out. There's fans who wanted you back on the show. There's also fans who have been reaching out to me on Strava. Thank you, Mom, for being my <laughs> fan and wanting me back so, on the show. We had uh, Midpack uh, reached out on, on Strava and said, is West Arlington on the periphery of the universe and that was his question he posed it is a supporting role to the center <laughs> of the universe um uh, yeah okay okay i'll go with that it's still arlington it is still arlington it's, it's still West a zip arlington. code of yeah. arlington it's still a neighborhood of arlington it we feel a little less grounded yeah maybe because like you know the center of the universe the center of the actual universe like you know pulls around the sun yes something right. like that right yeah, yeah as clarendon does yes yeah. But I, I think uncomfortable, it's fine, it's great. We actually do love our new spot in West Arlington. We'll just call it West Arlington. Uh, Trust me, Chris was shaking <laughs> when we took the car ride out there. He's like, where is this? Where like are we three, going? Yeah, Three miles down the road. Yeah, um, he's like, why? Why would you do this? So, But then when we got there, there was it's kids. It's really a nice cool. neighborhood. Great neighborhood. We've yeah. enjoyed our neighbors. We miss our, our current neighbors. Um, our old neighbors. Our, our old neighbors we miss very badly. Um, but hopefully we'll still be able to come back to the center of the universe and see them. Um, but, you know, I am uncomfortable at times there because many of my runs I have had to go outside of the actual Arlington County line. <gasps> <laughs> I feel like I'm cheating on Arlington, you know? Oh my gosh. So you run easily, can get into to, to Falls Church. From I didn't even West know Arlington. your body was allowed to do that. That there was like a magnetic pull that just like <laughs> that just, yanked you back. Bounce off this force field shield or something. <laughs> <laughs> but no, uh, ran um, 
you know, ran today, this morning, well into Falls Church. Mm-hmm. A very uncomfortable run, but uh, might I remind run. you yeah. that you grew up in North Arlington, yes, true. miles away from Clarendon, yeah, miles away from a metro mm-hmm. and a Starbucks. True. I don't even know when you were growing up if Starbucks existed. Very I'm true. I'm going to guess it didn't. And I lived. And you <laughs> survived. Look <laughs> yeah. at you. You're here. Yeah, I am. So uh, we are in West Arlington. Thank you for uh, the, the comments and the well wishes uh, on Strava and other social media platforms. Uh, it's been tough, but I really appreciate everybody. Um, I'm proud of you. <laughs> I really am. Helping me through this, this tough time. I grew up in a really rural area, and this does not reflect She's, it at all. But yeah, you yeah. really feel like because you cannot walk to a Starbucks, you have to drive yeah. to one. Oh, that your man. life, that your world is crumbling. Docs would be so upset with you mentioning this sponsor or uh, non-sponsor twice now, but that's fine. Uh, I also want to note. Uh, yeah, our bank account says <laughs> otherwise. <laughs> I also want to note uh, note that uh, in, in in kind of a transitioning from that, but uh, somewhat related. Uh, London, our dog, uh, ran the whole eight miles with me this morning. Miraculous yeah. recovery. Yeah, it is unbelievable. It really. actually, I think, was. About two months, like I think next week would be two yeah, months. June twenty second is when she got hit. She was hit, yeah. yeah. So it's pretty amazing. It's incredible. She's back in full force. She got run over by a car, and she no, ran eight a miles. A pickup the, truck, right? By a pickup truck, and then got, and then ran eight miles on me this morning. Yeah. So, so and she's happy as can be. Even though she is in West Arlington, she seems to be okay. Yeah, I'm more concerned about the gravitational pull with her. <laughs> For all of our 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 viewers or our listeners, yeah. Um, I don't run with London very often. I used to when mm-hmm. she was smaller, but she's pretty powerful dog. So mm-hmm. like if I take her out, she yanks me all over the place, right. right? And it's also really unsafe for me to run with her because Chris, we have this running joke in the family that like Chris kind of slides across streets. like mm-hmm. Casually. He, yeah, he kind of like runs out in the road and the dog has now learned these behaviors. So like, well, it's like a you know four-way big intersection traffic light and she's sliding out into the road because that's her, she right. runs the same exact route every single day with you. Yeah, well, she's so going to find a new I route I wouldn't now. even know necessarily where these like sliding points were, but suddenly I'd end up in, the, in a road in traffic and I'm like, and she's just doing what she normally does. Mm. So, you know, I, I'm... With her, I think that the thing that's kind of interesting is taking her out on these runs. She must be so blindsided of like, where do I she go? Doesn't know where to I go. only know this one eight mile route <laughs> that my dad's been taking me on every single day. And I know every turn. She knows every single stoplight. Yep. She knows every single path that she's supposed to be on. I mean, her world must be rocked. Yeah. I know you're having a hard time, but think about our dog. Okay. That's true. All right, send the well wishes to both me and the dog. <laughs> and, and I'm sure our audience this is, is very sad. It's very sure, sad. I'm sure our audience is really shocked that she got hit by a car as you described me sliding, sliding out, in out in the roads. Yeah. yeah. All right. We're going to transition from that. Uh, we were going to stay positive today. We're going to have a fun conversation uh, with our next guest. Uh, he's a former world record holder in backwards running. We're going to get the details from Brian Gotze. He joins us next here on Pace the Nation. All right, welcome back to the program. And now, Julie, we are excited to be joined on the Random Row Brewing Hotline 
by a former world record holder uh, in backwards running. It's Brian Godsey. Brian, how are you? I'm doing all right. How are you doing? <laughs> We're doing well, man. Um, thank you so much uh, for joining us. Sure. Uh, so... You know, we're going to get into your backwards running, and it's actually former world record, right? You sent me something last Correct. night. Uh, you know, you, you've you held the world record for, for a while, uh, but mm -hmm. now it's a former world record, which, you know, I, was that really disappointing? To re Did you just realize that you are a former world record holder? Yes. I mean, yesterday, I mean, it, it may come as no surprise to, to hear that uh, world records and backwards running aren't uh, popular news. They don't even you know, make the homepage of CNN. So right. I have to go like d deliberately go check the website. And because of the, the conversation with you, I, I checked the website and found out that, yeah, uh, about two years ago, my uh, record got broken. So I had it for 10 years, which was a good run. But yeah, uh, that's a it's great gone run. Now. That's a great run. All right. Well, uh, Brian is, is a former really uh, excellent sort of elite runner, ran for Miami of Ohio. Uh, before your backwards running days, kind of take us uh, back to Miami of Ohio. Uh, you were a pretty elite, uh, pretty strong runner back then for the, were, were they the Redskins or the, were they the Red Hawks at the time? Uh, yeah, good question. Uh, they changed just before I got there. So my brother is three years older than me and he was a Redskin for a couple of years and then I was a Red Hawk for all four of mine. Yeah. What What do you think, uh, just sidebar here, what do you think uh, the new Washington football team <laughs> uh, should name their name since you went through it as uh, w with with you and your brother and your collegiate experience. Yeah, I mean, I think I think the the color of the uniform makes you know make is kind of a we'll say historical yep. um, significance. So I think they should stay. I mean, they probably should stay red in the uniforms. Doesn't mean they they have to have red in the name. Yep. Um, but I think that's a good move. I mean, I think it's not a bad. So uh, red something. All right, I like that. Maybe they, they just sure. bite off. Maybe they bite bite off Miami of Ohio uh, yeah. and say uh, Red Hawks as well. Yeah, uh, I heard somebody mention um, uh, Red Wolves. Yeah, so Red know Wolves is picking up yeah. steam. Yeah, Red yeah. Wolves picking up steam. Could be interesting. Uh, uh, so you you were a uh, elite runner for the Red Hawks. Uh, take us back then. Uh, what was your what was your event and um, you know how was your four years of running there? Yeah, sure. So I mean, I always liked cross country the best. Um, so I didn't have quite the success on cross country that I would have liked, but I was uh, top uh, top eight in the conference every all four years. Um, topping out at like fourth place um and then in track my main event was the 5k um so i um started off running um, freshman year in the high 14s and then worked my way down um to end of sophomore year uh i ran a 1403 at 10 relays yeah. and then um uh made it down to 1402 by senior year but uh, those are my two best times wow. and so i you know, Mostly, mostly five days. So four, four. So you're what are you? Uh, so you ran, ran uh, less. Uh, you know, fifteen years ago or say, were you in college? When did you graduate uh, from Miami? Yeah, my final year was two thousand three. Two thousand three. All right. So these kids are running so fast. And Julie's the the, the director <laughs> of cross country and track at Georgetown. So um, Ooh, she's nice. she's sitting there looking at your time saying, eh, I don't know if you make my varsity at this point. Wow. Throwing me <laughs> under the bus, know, know, Chris. Jeez, no, but it's a different kids, time. I know these kids were so fast these days. How, you know, did you, did you make, you, you didn't make uh, NCAAs with a 1402, but were you kind of, was that kind of your goal? No, I made it to NCAAs. You did. Okay. All right. Yeah, See, I got, I, I ran, it was actually the first year of the regional system. Okay. Um, I got uh, fourth in my region, so I made it that way, but my time also would have qualified because wow. my, my teammate got in on a 14.02, I think, also. Wow. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, so you were a star runner there at Miami. Uh, you know, there has been a number of, you know, everybody 
thinks of Miami of Ohio, or they probably think of, you know, Miami down in Florida <laughs> and, you know, there's all sorts of confusion. I think it's yeah. University of Miami versus, versus Miami of Ohio University. Or it's, one's a University of Miami and the other one's Miami University, right? Which Correct. one are you? Yeah, yeah. So it's, it's a funny, well, we have a funny line about that. But, uh, I went to Miami University. The one down south is University of Miami. But all of us, uh, you know, Red Hawks are trained to say that uh, Miami was a university before Florida was a state. Ah. Uh, that's what we to say. So we okay. were first. You, you definitely were first. Okay. And there was, <laughs> there was uh, many great athletes. There's the Brian Godseys. There was the Wally Serbiaks. Oh, yeah. Uh, Ron Harper. Um, and, mm-hmm. and maybe – Maybe the most famous uh, Redskin slash Red Hawk, uh, Ben Roethlisberger, right? Yep, yep. Yes, he was uh, one year behind me in, in school, so he started the year after me, and he uh, left after his junior year, so we actually left uh, in the final, you know, both in 2003, I believe. So, so Julie kind of rolls her, rolls her eyes because we talk a lot uh, of, uh, we, we, you know, we kind of go off script and talk football on this podcast, even though it's a running podcast. Um, did you have any interactions with uh, Ben Roethlisberger? Uh, just a little bit. I remember being on the football field with him, uh, not playing a game, but we were getting awards for um, <laughs> you know, student athletes or whatever. Nice. So, like, I had a small interactions there. And he also, we had a uh, giant Halloween party one year. Like, the track team always had a giant Halloween party, and that was at my house. And uh, Ben Roethlisberger came with a couple of other guys who were very tall. So, I'm, I'm guessing they were either football players or basketball players. Right. But I. Uh, I, I figured uh, they came and didn't have costumes on, so I, uh, you know, briefly thought about you know chastising them for that, but uh, <laughs> decided against it once I saw how big they were. Probably a smart idea. Um, yep. they were probably twice your size. Uh, Just about. But uh, so very cool. So uh, a good running career at uh, Miami of Ohio, and then um, do you get into backwards running like right after college? Like when you're fit, you're like, all right, I got to take advantage of this fitness. So let me go get into this backwards running. Yeah. I mean, so I was, I stayed on in Miami to get a master's degree. So I was still there in 2004 when I got started in backwards running and it definitely was not a deliberate choice. Just I'm going to do this. Um, what happened was, um, you know, back in high school, we did backwards uh, strides uh, after practice, just like most, uh, you know, soccer players, football players or whatever. Mm-hmm. And it, you know, it helps with knee pain and all that stuff. So I started doing that in college a little bit on my own. And then I kept doing that uh, after college. And then in 2004, I was sort of like short on time. So instead of doing like eight 100 meter strides backwards, I decided to do like a full lap. And then uh, the next day I did like two full laps mm-hmm. um, around the track, just all, you know, all at once, just on a whim. Mm-hmm. And then because I timed myself just because just, you know, on a whim again, uh, on my way home across campus, I was thinking to myself, I wonder if anybody else has ever done a lap backwards or uh, two laps backwards and timed themselves. And so I Googled it and came across a page of world records. And this was like, you know, the few things that were on the internet about uh, backwards running. And then I saw the 800 meter world record was like 259, I think. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, I can do that. So then, then that's when I decided to do it. <laughs> Yeah, and I'm looking at this uh, world record page. Uh, you did end up breaking the the you ended up breaking the world record, I believe, in the which has since been broken. But uh, yeah, that one that one was actually so I, I set my mind to like running that. I uh, I took like six weeks or two months to train. Called the local newspapers that came out and wrote articles and stuff like that eventually. But 
the funny thing was is I, I ran that and then took off to Italy for a summer in Italy. Mm-hmm. And that record was broken literally five days after I said it. Got and it. I only found out two weeks later because I was talking to my mom on the phone and she told me. <laughs> so your mom, your mom was into it. Good supportive mom. Yeah. Nice. Yep. All right, so so let's talk about the mechanics of this backwards running. Um, we've mm-hmm. talked about a number of bits on this show recently. We call them bits. Um, mm-hmm. You know, the slowest mile. Uh, they, they um, who, who's the second place woman at the Olympic trials? Mo- Mo- Molly Seidel. Mo- Molly Seidel. Uh, you know, she's done a slowest mile during this pandemic. Uh, <laughs> we've we've seen the ba- dribbling a basketball. Uh, the blue jeans mile blue jean mile so a lot of pandemic bits but you were ahead of your time in doing this bit <laughs> well before the pandemic you're a bit leader <laughs> yeah. so but you know consistent with each of these bits there are rules so i'm assuming that there are rules that you must follow when you're doing backwards running you can't be kind of like you know side or, or, or doing it you know kind of run into your side it's got to be fully backwards right what other rules are you talk? are you uh taught when you're just, uh, trying to do backwards running yeah i mean it is kind of weird we unlike uh race walking I, there aren't really easy rules for that mm-hmm. i mean basically i mean the only rule is is really that your your torso has to be pointed you know it can't has to be pointed more towards the you know backwards direction than the forwards direction okay. um as far as i know and so it's you know a lot of sort of honor system, but I think most people know when somebody turns around. So yeah. that's kind of, uh, <laughs> yeah, kind right. of obvious there. So, uh, so you, you, you've got the rules down and you, you've, you've got the same equipment. I would assume that you run, uh, regular runs in, right? Yes. Yes. I am um, actually, I always ran in flats, uh, okay. even on the track, except, except for the, the very last race I did in 2008. I, I didn't even think about it. I was like, I'm going to fall if I run in spikes and, Somebody loaned me spikes at the last minute, and I ran in them, and it was actually pretty nice. <laughs> so you did run in spikes for for some of your backwards attempts. I have trouble. Yep. I have trouble running forward <laughs> in spikes. <laughs> I like trip myself up all the time. I don't know how you did that backwards. It was impressive. Yeah, it was. I was a little worried myself, but I, I tried it out, and then uh, I was like, all right, sure, I'll, I'll do it next, tomorrow. So. All right, so let's go through the timeline again. So you, you you decide. All right, this is something I did. I did strides. I combined my strides. I did two laps. I saw that the record was was two uh, fifty nine or whatever it was for the half mile. Mm-hmm. You yep. end up doing two fifty. Your mom tells you that you no longer have the record, but you end up running <laughs> yep. two fifty in two thousand four. Right. Uh, then is the fire lit for you to be like, all right, I, you know, this is going to be my thing. I'm going to get. I'm I'm, I'm going to take down a lot of these records. Uh, well, so um, I'll say ironically, so in where I was going in Italy for the summer for like a study abroad sort of thing, uh, there it wasn't very far from what I uh, just found out at, at, you know, at the time is the longest running backwards uh, running race. So it, it had been it's now been uh, annually run, I think, over 20 times. And at the time, it was like 13 years old, I think. Mm-hmm. And so literally hundreds of people show up in this tiny town in the uh, Italian countryside and run uh, 3,000 meters for the most part. That's what the adults uh, on run. a track. Oh no, this is on the road. This wow. is a road okay. race. Road race, okay. Yeah, and oddly, the course has speed bumps, which I found out when I got there. <laughs> How many <laughs> people like, are doing this in Italy? Uh, so this race probably has it has a few hundred participants total, and so like the adult open race was like 130 people. I think the one that I ran in. Okay. 130 and, people running backwards. That's, in, that's incredible. Okay. Yeah. 
I, I knew I knew very little about this before I got there. Um, and I, I found it online. I sent an email to the organizer and I did not receive a response. Uh, mm-hmm. So I don't know if you can see it or whatever. So I, I was like waffling on whether I wanted to go. This is only I think, two weeks after I arrived. And so I just said, okay, I'm going to go. And I just like hopped on a train, uh, had to take a train to Parma, I think. And then a 30 minute taxi ride to Povilio, the little town. Mm-hmm. And I got there and like, glad, was glad to see the registration desk. So I went up and, um, and, uh, you know, saw that this thing was real. It wasn't just on the internet and, and signed up and, and stuff. Um, and then of course the next day was the race. I had to stay overnight there and, uh, cause it, it was in the morning mm-hmm. and, um, oh no, sorry. Actually that was an evening. I stayed after the race. Um, but I ran the, th- the three kilometers and I won by like a minute or something like that. Wow. And realized, and set the world record again without even really, like I, I wasn't sure what was going to happen. Um, and so that's when I decided that this was my thing. I'm going to run this because it just it came so easily. So this was, um, you ran 11.54, I believe? Uh, yeah. So in 2004, you run 11.54. So at the time, that was the, uh, the world record. Um, yeah. I think you could probably run faster if you ran on the track, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah the, what Without I later ran on the bumps? track was like 30 or 40 seconds faster. Yeah, yeah I ran yeah. like 11.19 later. Yeah, okay. So, yeah, I do see your time 11.19 later on. Mm-hmm. Um, I see that you traveled to, to Germany in 2008, and that's where you ran the mm-hmm. 11.19. I mean, did backwards running take you around the world, or were you just a world traveler and try to find these races along the way? Yeah, well, um, so in, when I went to Povilio in, in Italy the first time, I met some other folks that were really, you know, plugged in, had been doing the backwards running thing for way longer than I had. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they were like the true pioneers, uh, in particular, a, a German guy named uh, Franz Maya. And um, so I met him and stayed in contact with him for years. And uh, it happened in 2007 that I moved to Austria. So I, was, I wasn't very far from Germany. So I lived in Austria for like four years. Um, and I was just over there in uh, Vienna. And so Franz was like, I'm going to organize a track meet. So um, do you want to come and run uh, some of that? Yeah, backwards. And so he like actually paid for my train ticket and everything and, and uh, organized a, a track race. And there was actually a series of races. There was like a 100 meter, a 200 meter, a uh, 1,000 meter, 3,000 meter, um, all on the same day. And it was pretty cool. So Brian, did, did you have, I believe you had an arch nemesis in this uh, world of, of backwards running. Is that correct? That is correct. <laughs> who who was it? What was his name? Yes. So I've, as I, I mentioned, um, my record in the 800, my first world record in the 800 meters was broken five days later. Yeah, yeah. And it wasn't because he heard about me and then decided to do it, but he had a, a race already planned. So Got Thomas it. Dole in Germany okay. broke my record five days later. And then when I set the 3000 meter world record for the first time, just a couple of weeks after that, he broke that then I think a year later. So would you guys go, would you guys go back and forth? Really? Yeah, in, in the 3,000 meters specifically, that's the one that, like, I um, I think he ran a record, then I broke it. Or no, sorry, I ran it first, mm-hmm. then he broke mine about a year later. Then on, in 2008, when I ran the, the world record uh, that, I, that we already talked about, that's when I took it back from him, and he was there watching me do it. So oh, really? Kind of so this is the Thomas yeah. Dold, right? Correct. From Germany. So he was there yeah. watching, taking yeah. notes. Oh man, that's great. Yeah, it was actually a very satisfying day for me because I had it set up so that I ran the 3000 meter and the 5000 meter like simultaneously, mm-hmm. effectively. So he, um, he, I don't know if he wasn't in good shape or whatever, but he dodged me and ran the 1000. Like he definitely had the opportunity to, to race me directly. Um, but that never materialized and he decided to run the 1000 instead. And so we had it set up so that, um, 
I ran the, I ran 3000 meters effectively, uh, broke his record. Um, and then kept going to 5,000 meters. I ran two more thousand wow. meters after that. Um, just sort of like, I, it, it's, I know it's very, uh, sort of pompous of me to do it that way. But the, the main reason I did it that way was because he had done that before to break other people's records. And so I wanted to like sort of uh, put a stamp on it in that way. So you're doing this in 2008. Uh, mm-hmm. I assume you're pretty fit. Like you're running mm-hmm. regular runs and doing workouts. Yeah. And like, what, what is your training looking like uh, <laughs> at this time? Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I was definitely in reasonable shape. Like I could run uh, low 15s and the 5K forwards um, during you know, both of those times. And, um, at least anyway, and, uh, I don't like running backwards a lot. So it's like, well, my training was generally speaking, probably, I don't know, 30 to 40 miles forwards mm-hmm. and then another like five to 10 backwards. So um, you do five to 10 miles a week running backwards. Yeah. Wow. That's really impressive. <laughs> that's, that's, uh, that, that is like, what, what, like, what was the, would you do like two miles, five times a week? Like, would you run five miles forwards and then run two miles backwards on a day or something? How would you break up those runs? Yeah, yeah, almost exactly that. It would, it would basically be um, because I was, I figured, uh, like, steady runs and long runs probably weren't that worthwhile backwards. Uh, what I did was just basically get all my cardio, you know, fitness stuff in forwards and then mainly focus on intervals backwards. So I would do, like, 1,000 meter or maybe even mile intervals backwards. And so that's how but I get discipline this guy <laughs> I know, seriously. <laughs> but were you doing all these on the track too? Like, was that your safe space, your safe environment to do that? Yeah. Uh, sometimes, but uh, I think a lot of the time I was able to find uh, paths uh, in various places. And so in Oxford, Ohio, where Miami is, there was a very low traffic road. Like, yeah. like I would run there for 20 minutes and, and I would see two cars maybe. So I would run down that road, uh, just sort of back and forth for that stretch. It's like a mile. Um, and then... Same thing in, in Austria when I was training there. They had some really nice running paths and not very many people on them, so I could just uh, run backwards as long as I wanted. I just feel like I would give myself whiplash, like constantly yeah. trying to look behind me. And also, like, yeah. what kind of comments would you get from people? You're saying it'd be like low traffic, but I'm sure there are people like, what are you doing, man? Yeah, absolutely. My favorite comment on that uh, file was that uh, – in Oxford, uh, in college, uh, I was running backwards down the road, and I went past my uh, one of my math professors' houses, and he was out gardening right by the road. And so um, I was running by backwards, and he looked at me strangely, and, he, and I said, hey, how are you doing? And he said, I'm going forward. He's <laughs> <So, laughs> like, I'm okay. So, um, yeah, you, you mentioned whiplash, Julia. That's a, the, the next question I had here was like, I, my, I feel like my hamstrings are hurting just thinking about it, or I'm not sure what, I mean, there must be just different muscle groups that you're using. Was there different soreness, um, after you would, uh, basically sprint for 3000 meters backwards? Sure. So, I mean, it's, it's actually, so when running forwards, you use your hamstrings a lot to sort of pull, Mm -hmm. pull your foot backwards. And and that's how you get some momentum there. Uh, when you're running backwards, it's kind of the opposite. So it's all the muscles on the front of your leg Mm, get tired. And and the the weakest link on that is for me anyway, is the hip flexor. So the, the front part of the hip flexor is really used on like the push off and like the, the, you know, the pushing the the road forward, so to speak. And Mm so when I get done running hard backwards, it's, uh, I can barely walk because it's hard to lift my knees up. There's definitely an argument for this because when we have athletes, you know, returning from injury and stuff at Georgetown, a lot of times we're having them do an element of backwards Mm -hmm. running and Mm -hmm. keeping that in their routine has actually kept them pretty healthy. 
Um, you think about growing up and doing different sports, there's a lot of pivoting that you're doing. Yeah. You're, you know, if you're a soccer player, you're moving backwards a lot. So you don't ever lose, you know, focal contact with the ball as a basketball player, you're shuffling in backwards motion all the time. And then when we start running specifically and exclusively, we lose, we lose all that. I've right. And so, yes. yeah, so yeah. it's actually a really, really you're important ahead of your skill. Time, Brian. I know you're ahead of your head of your time. In terms of training, in terms of bits, like <laughs> I know, I know. You're like a renaissance man. I know. Well, I, I mean, I, uh, I there's a bunch of pioneers that came in, in front of me, so I, <laughs> I learned from them and uh, you know tried to take the sport to the next level. But uh, more than one person has said that you know it's cured their knee pain, um, yeah. and I'm, I'm one of them, so I definitely recommend it. So, Brian, I believe when we were talking the, the other day in our pre-show meeting. Uh, you had a, a, a fun fact about you in a game show. Is that correct? Am I, am I remembering that correctly? Yes, yes, that's correct. I Actually, my name appeared in a clue in, uh, in uh, Jeopardy. <laughs> yeah. So like Alex Trebek re- reads mm-hmm. your name uh, on, on national TV. How did that come about? Uh, I, so I have no idea how it came about. <laughs> I was on a plane when it happened. And then when, when I landed or when the show aired, I was on a plane. And when I landed, I just had a bunch of text messages of people telling me that they just saw my name appear uh, on the you know on the blue screen on Jeopardy and Alex Trebek read it. So, um, do you re- recall what the question was? Yes, actually, I have it right here. It's okay. actually on my website because I'm kind of proud of this. Yes, um, it's, uh, it's the clue is Brian Godsey set a record with a 1932 5K running this way. They say it's better for your knees. I mean, yeah, I remember because it's always the answers, and then they yeah, the right. contestants have to say the question. So then, that's really cool. Wow, what is yeah. back? What, the answer would be what is backwards, man. I, that would be the one question I would get on this Jeopardy. Uh, <laughs> that was your moment. You missed it. <laughs> I know. Did anybody answer? Maybe that? Redskins trivia <laughs> yeah, or something oh, yeah, like that's that. True. Yeah, anybody, they, they any, got it just about immediately. They did. Yeah, I think, I think they deduced it anyway. They, they, nobody knows my name, but they deduced <laughs> that. Uh, right. Thankfully, you had the world record at the time too. Know, it wasn't one true. of these in between, back and forth. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Uh, how is how is your fitness now? Uh, you live where do you you live in, in in the Baltimore area? Is that correct? That's correct. Okay. Cool. And so you running now, backwards, forwards, running much at all? Um, I mean, I, I actually am in pretty bad shape right now. Uh, <laughs> I uh, after running the uh, Boston Marathon last year, I sort of didn't have much motivation to keep going very yeah. hard. So. Uh, I'm running a little bit. I've been running uh, maybe a couple times a week. Um, every now and then, I'll run a little bit backwards when I get on a yeah. uh, you know a flat stretch of on so a heated road. We hope that um, you know you uh, continue running um, backwards or forwards, and uh, you become maybe a future fan of of Pace the Nation, the podcast. Well, um, absolutely. I'm definitely definitely a fan now. Yeah, that's awesome, man. Well, we really uh, appreciate you joining us. It was a fun interview, Brian. Uh, congratulations on all your success backwards running. Uh, there, we're going to tweet out the, uh, Steve. So if you could tweet out the webpage, uh, for the world records of, uh, backwards running, I see Brian listed there four times and the 800 meters, uh, in the three K and the five K, uh, you're no longer first place, uh, in, in each of those events, but, uh, you're, you're second and third in many of them. So man, that's, yeah. that's, that's pretty cool. All right, Brian. Well, really appreciate you joining us. I implore you to go for uh, Hopefully you're inspired. You said you'll be a listener. Now, <laughs> hopefully you're inspired to go for a run today. Forward to you know, give us, you know, give us maybe a 
few forward miles and then one backwards mile for good old times uh, today. Oh, if you will. man. I'll give it a try. There you go. <laughs> All right, man. Well, Brian, uh, it was really fun to have you on the show. Really appreciate you taking the time and joining us. Brian Gotze, former record world record holder in backwards running, joined us on Pace the Nation. Brian, man, thank you so much, man. Really appreciate it. Thank you. It's been a lot of fun. It's been awesome. There he goes. Brian Gotze, join us on Pace the Nation. We're going to take a quick break. Be right back after this. All right, welcome back to the program, and thanks again to Brian Gotze for joining us on the program. Good bit. Backwards running good bit. Good bit. I guess we don't vote anymore, no, right? No, we don't. If, if, they, you're on the if show. they're a guest yeah. on the show, yeah. then it's automatically a good bit because it was worthy of, of coming on the show. <laughs> it's Brian, It's at Brian underscore Godsey. Uh, we do love on underscores. That's a reference from way, way back, probably five years ago. Uh so, uh, Brian underscore Gotzi, uh, and thanks again to Brian for joining us on the Random Row Hotline from Baltimore. Um, so, I know you've had some injury problems. You, you're trying to get back running, and may, maybe the backwards running is for you. Maybe it's for me. <laughs> maybe that's yeah, what you need maybe to do. it's for me. I'm taking a little break right now to try to heal my body. So yeah. you know, maybe that's my first after, move. After, maybe it's not <laughs> forwards running. I, we didn't ask him about the women's world records. That's you know, there could point. be a low good bar. Good point. Good point. Yeah. Now that we live in West Arlington, <laughs> outside of the center of the universe, we're actually right next to a high school track. That's true. That's so true. you know, get out there. Give myself uh, some whiplash. <laughs> Thanks again to Brian for joining us. All right. So uh, big news in running uh, related all to the pandemic and the shutdowns. Uh, we want to talk about marathons that are happening and not happening. And we want to talk about what's going on with D1 Sports. You choose what we want to talk about first, Julie. Uh, you intro the marathons right. and, and big road races. So let's go there. So I'm very concerned. There's been words about uh you know, fall marathons are, are pretty much uh, not happening. Except for London. As, as we can tell, yeah, except for the London Marathon. So let's start there. London Marathon, the elites are running the London Marathon. Um, how did you feel about that? Me? Yeah. Oh, we're talking about feelings? <laughs> yeah. Um, well, you know, I think it's, I, it, I was actually kind of excited, but maybe that's from, you know, a former elite perspective. Mm-hmm. But, you know, there's so there's huge ramifications in, in terms of contracts for the elites. Um, you know, the same way that there is in professional sports, um, in, in big team True. sports. And so, you know, we've seen a lot of athletes who are getting out on the track and small, small groups and competing on um, these little pop-up races that have started to happen, uh, particularly in the Pacific Northwest. Um, for a marathoner to have an enormous amount of your normal yearly income taken away has yeah. been a real struggle. Um, so, you know, while while we know that the big marathons usually service a much, much larger population than that, um, there's still people who depend on those for their livelihood. And, uh, you know, I think it's interesting. I'd, I'd obviously be really interested to know how much money the London Marathon is investing versus what they're actually going to be losing, because right. um, there's a you know huge amount of money from those entries. 
And these um, elites, uh, as you know, they get int- they, they get uh, appearance fees for just appearance fees. They get bonuses. Bonus, yep. I mean, there's an enormous amount of money that goes into mm-hmm. yeah. So. I, I, you know, I applaud them. I don't really know what the financial ramifications of it are. Um, if they can find a way to do it safely, um, if the athletes are required to, you know, quarantine or provide testing leading up to the race, mm-hmm. um, you know, they're doing that for a lot of sports right now. They're doing it for um, some track races. The Diamond League is coming back. Um, you know, they've they actually had someone test positive recently, so they had to um, pull out of the race in Monaco. Um, so it, it's it's an interesting time, but I do think it's um, a cool opportunity for some of these elites who you know are looking, who are fit and looking for ways to you know pay the bills. Honestly, yeah, um, it is their profession, it is their livelihood. So um, yep, so it'll, it'll happen. Be interesting. It'll yeah. happen uh, October fourth, like you said, elites only. Uh, Kipchoge and Bikile uh, are the two fastest marathoners ever. They'll be squaring off on the men's side, uh, and I think it's. Bridget Kogeski, uh, she's the woman's world record holder. She will also be running. So, I mean, it'll be fun to see. I mean, it'll be televised. It could be a huge and, yeah, showdown. Yeah, it would be fun. I mean, you've yeah, got all cool. the major marathoners in the yeah. world are looking up for a place to compete. So, yeah. the first when I first saw it, I was like, wow, this could be one of the biggest elite races we've ever seen, yeah. um, depending and, on and, who and they're And, you know, there's not going to be a ton of sports. Uh, I mean, hopefully there'll be sports going on, but... Mm-hmm. You know, I think it'll be, uh, you know, without the Olympics this year, this will be a big deal in the running community and hopefully it transcends the running community and a lot of people get into it and watch it. So, and hopefully it's done safely. Yeah. You know, so that is happening October 4th. London is usually an April event and they've already decided that the 2021 London Marathon now is going to be moved for the masses, for everybody, for the 50,000 people they usually have to October 3rd instead of its normal April date. So we're already projecting out next year, Mm -hmm. um, you know, moving races, which is kind of scary, to be honest with you. Yeah. But uh, that's where we are. Well, I think if there are changes, if we're able to get COVID under control, if there's a a vaccination, it may take months before you know, the world kind of has a handle on it. Mm-hmm. It could take years. Um, but, it, you know, if you're planning out, you know, maybe the spring is too soon, you know, to think that, that it's going to be completely under control. Yeah. And it could be under control regionally, nationally, in certain places, but maybe not internationally. So um, it's an interesting thought process. Maybe there's just more hope of being able to execute a little over a right. year from now. And, and the fact that they can feel like they can definitively plan yeah instead um, of tentatively tentatively this and this and this and so that that probably played a big part too yeah all right the other subject that uh we were going to talk about here in this segment was division one sports uh so uh, you actually um i know you're gonna look to me like i'm an expert no i know i don't think anybody's an expert right now there was you you uh you tweeted changing minute by minute you tweeted through the university uh yesterday as we record here uh on august 13th you tweeted through georgetown that uh the cross-country season for your athletes and the big east would uh be canceled is no longer yeah Yeah. i I was going to say postponed but it's not postponed it's canceled yeah well i think fall sports are still hoping that there is a postponement element of it i mean i think most universities at this point are hoping for um 
you know, if you're a soccer player that you'll move your soccer season into the spring. If you're a field mm-hmm. hockey player, the spring. If they end up moving football, that they would move football to the spring. Problem with our sport is we have sports all year long. Right. Um, we've got cross country in the fall, indoors in the winter, and outdoors in the spring. So you can't really throw a cross country season on top of an indoor season bleeding into an outdoor track season. Um, there's a there's been a lot of stuff floating around. They've been talking about you know the indoor season is the least likely season to be able to actually execute because right, you know it's indoors, mm-hmm. poor air quality, athletes on top of each other. Um, and so they've talked about, all right, well, you know, maybe we'll move cross country into the winter season and then have that kind of lead into the outdoor track season. Hopefully things have changed by that point, but, um, a lot has to change. Uh, you know, the NCAA has to make decisions in the next couple of weeks, you know, about what, you know, what they're going to decide as an over overarching body right now that the NCAA is actually just allowing the conferences to make the decision. Hmm. It's a little bit of like chasing tails right now because you know the ncaa everyone wants the ncaa to make a decision you know i shouldn't say everybody but a lot of folks want the ncaa to make a decision the ncaa doesn't want to be the one to make the decision they want it to really start coming down from the conferences whereas in the in the winter you know right before um i guess the conference basketball tournaments were beginning for us in track and field it was the day before the ncaa NCAA indoor championship Mm -hmm. The NCAA made an overarching decision about, uh, you know, what was going to happen with sports and basketball moving forward. They don't want to make that decision now, um, especially with football at play. And so they're they're you know asking essentially or waiting I should say for the conference to to make decisions. And so that's why you're seeing conference by conference start to make a decision. The big decision that came down this week, um, you know, I'd like to think it was the Big East, but it was the Big Ten. Mm-hmm. Um, the Power Five has really been pushing forward with trying to execute football and fall sports. And the fact that the Power, the the Big Ten um, came forward this week and said it's not going to happen mm-hmm. was a huge, huge statement. Um, and so, you know, all the big... Uh, commentators and sports commentators are are thinking that the rest of the Power Five will eventually um, follow that path. But it may take a game or two. It may take um, for some of these universities to to see that it's not a controllable situation um, in order for that to happen. So but it, it's just a weird time. Like we saw a university in the Big Ten, like literally the day um, that they made the announcement that they were not going to have fall sports was the same day that like one of the cross country teams was arriving back to campus. So it's like you saw pictures of them in the morning, so excited it's to be terrible. back on campus, doing their COVID testing, getting their gear. Right. And by that afternoon, they're like, you don't have a season. Um, so Georgetown actually, you know, the Big East came out yesterday and canceled officially fall sports. But two weeks ago, Georgetown decided to go fully online. Um, which essentially ended our, our, you know, fall campaign. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it wasn't really a surprise yesterday for us. Um, we had already kind of made a decision as a university that we weren't going to move forward with fall sports, but it is certainly comforting for the conference, for the coaches, for the student athletes to know that we're united. Um, and I think the student athletes are starting to find at least at a place like Georgetown, a little bit more peace with knowing, you know, if these big, big conferences start to pull out, you know, that may mean, okay, there is not going to be an NCAA championship that they're going to miss out on. Because I think that would be really hard to swallow if your university decided to not allow you to compete, but you had to watch an entire season unfold. Right. 
Yeah, and I, yeah, and so I, I just think ultimately, I heard this on another radio sh- show that I was listening to. It just maybe too expensive to execute anything. Um, I heard that Ohio State was paying a quarter of a million dollars a week for to, testing, for testing, keeping their kids safe. Yeah. I mean, you know, football has for for I believe it was just for football. Yeah, maybe it was just for all their 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 kids too, but. You think about that. Football has maybe 90 to 100 ki- kids. Yeah. I mean, if that's what they're going to do, you just can't, the university Somebody, can't afford it. Yeah, and it's like, okay, just because you have the testing doesn't mean that the virus is spreading any slower. Correct. Right? So testing is great, but it's not a cure for the virus spreading. Right. So, you know, I think while all of us have been concerned about like the turnaround time in terms of testing, the bigger issue is that you're trying to control 18 to 22-year-olds right. or 23 or 24-year-olds, you know, and, and not have them gather in groups outside of practices. Like, coaches can't control Well, I think that world. was part of the $250,000 that they were trying to put, you know, things in place to control some of that. Yeah. But, I mean, I but, think, you know, unless it's an NFL or right. NBA bubble or Major League Baseball bubble, you know, you know, we can't even, we saw it with the Marlins, right? right. Like you yeah. have a couple of guys who go out, you know, yeah. they're not supposed to, right. but they do and they infect a, you know, right. big it's portion tough. of the population. So it's just a lot to, to trust that people are going to be able to, to kind of control themselves um, to yeah. be able to execute the games. I know everybody wants to, yep. and it's, it, but it may just be a little too um idealistic all right well you're going to keep us updated because you are our yeah. and i'm on the other end of it now like I we're know. canceled right so <laughs> you know if we weren't canceled maybe i would be like yeah, yeah we're doing everything go. we can right. and you know but um right you know it's a it's a it's just a tough place to be yeah. right now and it's really hard to kind of be watching it unfold and these are really difficult decisions for universities to make the amount yeah. of money at play with some of these major football programs is unbelievable mm-hmm. So you think about them having to invest in that right now, right, on the front end of it, to be able to execute a season because they're hoping to have the revenue from that season. Mm -hmm. And it may be a huge investment that they're making that, you know, ends up hurting their budget even more if we're not able to execute the season. Um, It's just a lot. Well, you'll continue to keep us updated on Pace the Nation. On my big, long monologues. (laughs) Yeah, no, I... Well, I think it was good. This I think Doc's going to tell me I'm being too negative. <laughs> no, I'm just no, no, trying no, to give no, the no. rundown. You are. Uh, it is what it is. All right. This podcast, of course, is sponsored by Pacers Running. Pacers Running with six area D.C.-based locations. Pacers Running is for every run. Uh, we've got stores, three in D.C., three in Virginia that are all open for walk-ups, for appointments. We're doing virtual fits. You can find all that information at runpacers.com. Also supporting the show is Random Row Brewery. Uh, they, of course, are in Charlottesville, 608 Preston Avenue. So when you're in Charlottesville, check them out. They are open, uh, following all the guidelines. Uh, a lot of nice outdoor seating for a late summer, you know, beer that you might want to have when you're in Charlottesville. So check them out. Uh, that is randomroad.com. All right, Julie, finally, uh, we, we try to, uh, you know, talk about the local running scene we talk, try to talk about uh you know what's happening in college we try to talk about what's happening on the professional level and running um you know along with talking about running with our dog and you know my running and 
you're running universe and yeah. all those all those important topics uh but an interesting uh development this week that um on running you know they're they're a big supporter of pacers running uh, a great vendor that we have here at pacers has started a new professional group uh in boulder colorado head headed by dathan ritzenheim uh, a former professional runner uh he was a great runner at the university of colorado do you know dathan at all yeah, we've overlapped a little bit. Yeah. I mean, enough that we would say hi. But sure. I we I don't think we're on any teams together. So, Probably not healthy at the same time. So he, so yeah, so you guys could relate. He had a lot of injuries as right. well. Uh, so on on running, uh, you know, we, we've talked about on you know all all the great support they had. We had uh, Chris on the show to talk about uh, when we gave those shoes the shoes yeah away, it was great. Uh, to a number of of local needy hospitals and other uh, frontline workers. Uh, so, uh, they are, you know, a a company that, uh, you know, they weren't really known as the elite fast brand, I don't think for years. And now they're diving head first and they've got eight athletes. Uh, they're all training in Boulder, Colorado. And, um, I think that's, I think it's, it's, it's called on athletics club. I think it's a good thing for the sport. Yeah, I agree. And I think this is the first group that they're putting together that's a little bit more track specific. Mm-hmm. Um, they have two other clubs at this time. They have the Mammoth Track Club is sponsored by On. Oh, that's right. As well as Zap Fitness okay. in is it North Carolina yep. Zap Fitness. Yep. Um, so it, it'll be interesting to see, you know, where they start to, you know, shift gears if they're going to keep the other two clubs, if they're going to keep those as kind of the marathon development training centers mm-hmm. and then have this be the track entity but um you know kudos to on and think anytime there um there's a company that's really engaging and focusing and um investing money into the development of young athletes you know into the next kind of chapter of american distance running and and it is an international group they do have it's not all americans in Mm -hmm. their group um it is a swiss company so has a little bit of an international vibe to it but you know, anytime a company is going to step up and, and support athletes in this way, I think, you know, as someone as someone who was a former, you know, is a former elite athlete, like I, I really like to see that. So yeah. exciting stuff. Well, that's really cool. Well, um, well, if you, I was going to put you on the spot, if you did know Dathan, we want to get him on the show at some point. So I'm going to task you with that. We'll figure it out. See if, see if you can track him down. All right. Great show, Julie. Thanks again to Brian Gotzi for joining us. Uh, he is the backwards running star. He's inspired Julie to get out there again. Yeah, I can't really run forwards anymore, so maybe this will be my thing. <laughs> it's at Brian underscore Gotzi on Twitter. Uh, Docs, you know what? Maybe maybe I just can, can beg Docs to edit the show. Docs, can you please, please edit the show? Maybe we'll just send it to him. Yeah, good luck with that. <laughs> Well, now we miss Docs, but we, we do miss his, his uh, editing for sure. Cause he's, <laughs> he's, a, he's a whiz at that. As I butter him up to try to get him to edit this one. All right. For Amy Docs, who's not here, for my partner in studio, Julie Cully, I'm Chris Farley. This is Space Nation. We will see you next week.
you think it's good that we give so many details about where we live? Well, you already give it out. Yeah, that's true. You already give it out on Stri- what Strava. <laughs> I don't know what Stri- all these bits Stride. are. <laughs> See, I think that those things are bits. Everybody's obsession. Where are you? You didn't upload your Strava. Garmin Connect is down. I can't See, function. You didn't oh listen. my I knew gosh. You, I knew you didn't listen to the show because we talked about Garmin Connect last week. Well, I know. I yeah. mean, I don't know because I don't listen to the show. But <laughs> You're not on it. I'm but just talking <laughs> about people's mental breakdown with these like technology yes. things. Yeah, when I go for a run, I don't wear a watch. I know. You give me all these tech, like these fancy watches. I, I don't wear anything. You don't know where I try to go out and connect with nature. <laughs> You don't know where your eye, eye <laughs> in Clarendon, is. which is yeah, it doesn't really work. But 